Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Friendly disclaimer time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with any of the media that we review or critique. We wholeheartedly support our fellow creatives at the WGA and SAG-AFTRA. And at the end of the day, we're just really big fans. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie. And Droughtlander is now upon us again. We had eight weeks of all the beautiful episodes of Outlander, season seven, part one to be more specific. But here we are back in Droughtlander. And when I mean we, I mean our special correspondent, Melinda. Welcome back, friend. Hi, thank you for having me. How are you? I'm really sad that Droughtlander's back. <laughs> I know. I know. Me too. Eight weeks just flew by. It and was too quick. So quick. And I was so invested in this season. I remember being invested in this book. I remember just throwing myself into the series. And I feel like some storylines were super rushed compared to how they were in the book. And I get it. First world problem. The books gradually get bigger and bigger as they go on in the series. So you can only cover so much territory. But there were storylines like the house fire that there was way more detail into it. And they covered everything, but it was just a matter of like minutes. And I was like, oh, that escalated quickly. <laughs> and then we had storylines and this was just as drawn out as it was in the book. But I was super over the whole Ticonderoga storyline. I was like, can we please get to Scotland? How about now? Please. I remember reading it and being like, how about now? Are we there yet? Mom, please. Are we there yet? <laughs> and it was just drawn out so much. And they covered that part. No problem. And drew that out. What are your initial thoughts on season seven, part one? Well, I have the same qualms of the battle as you do. Like, okay. And you're just, a history buff. I am. I'm not a, I'm a different era. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. My, my ADHD focus was ancient Egypt slash ancient Rome, ancient Greece, but also the Titanic and the Romanoffs. I will give you some credit because you were the one who did get me into Outlander. Yes. So I'm like, what are you watching? I got nothing on Netflix. What what can I watch? And you're like, well, there's a show about Scotland and I know I sound biased, but here it is. And if you don't like the first episode, <laughs> you can call me crazy. And I was addicted. You got mm -hmm. me hooked on the show for all the right reasons and all the right ways. And here we are seven seasons later, a fangirling over it still. Yes. So. No, no regrets. None. I mean, overall, the season was great. Yeah, I really did enjoy the this first part of the season. All right. Well, since we're in the in the midst of Droughtlander and knowing that part two of season seven isn't coming back till tentatively next year. I know it's filmed. I know it's edited and ready to go. They're just teasing us right now. And per the writer's strike, I really don't know when it's coming back. As a dedicated Outlander fan, this really grinds my gears, to put it mildly. That being said, what are your Droughtlander go-tos? I have been reading a lot lately, and that includes the Kingdom of the Wicked series, Fourth Wing, Crescent City. So I've been doing a lot of reading and crossing things off of my TBR list. Series on Amazon, I watched Good Omens, the second season. Okay. And on, on Netflix, I watched Nimona, which is a animated film. It's really cute. 
but I am super excited for Men in Kilts coming up. I just remember watching it was a year or two ago when the first season came out and I was in my living room and they were in the rowboat singing the Outlander song. They're amazing. I love them so much. I want to see them just on Broadway. They're the cutest thing ever. That is our game plan. Mm-hmm. That is our Droughtlander game plan. I love it. Well, you have some casting for us. I do. Coming back as Claire Frazier, we have Katrina Balf. Sam Hewen is James Fraser. Sophie Skelton is Brianna Fraser. Richard Rankin is Roger Wakefield. John Bell is young Ian Murphy. David Barry is Lord John Gray. And Charles Vandervaart is William Ransom. Well, I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? Let's spill it. All right, folks. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not watched part one of season seven of Outlander, I feel sorry for you because we are about to spoil the hell out of it. All right. That being said, did you have a favorite episode? You know, I'm going to have to say my favorite episode is episode six, where the waters meet. Okay. Yes. So I am loving Roger this season. Oh my God. I have the biggest crush on Roger right now. It's the beard. And yeah. Oh, all the things. Yes. It's just, he's just, he's so handsome. But also having Buck show up and finding out who that monster, not the monster, but the, you know, the creature is. The Neclavi. Yeah. The Neclavi. Thank you. Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. I really liked it. This book in particular, I was so invested in Brian Rogers' storyline. And I could not put this book down. And I remember specifically, so in the book, you will read different perspectives from each character. So it would go back between Bree and Roger and Ian and William Ransom and Jamie and Claire. And I was like, okay, when are we getting to Bree and Roger? Come on. Can <laughs> mm-hmm. we get to the good part, please? Uh, I am right there with you. Although I will say my favorite episode was the one right after that. So episode seven, a practical guide for time travelers. Because they really dove into like the science behind how time traveling happens. I I loved Bree's take on it. And I know they slightly dove into it in episode six. But I was just like, oh, there's ley lines. There's actual things. It's not just magic stones that allow you to go through bigger stones and hopefully not kill you. There was like (laughs) an actual science science and physics behind it together like there was so much physics in it and I remember rereading it to try and fully comprehend it and then they just summed it up so well in the show there's a Outlander novella where Master Raymond sums up the process too which coincides with what Brie was coming up with and I was like oh this is fascinating my brain can only process so much Buck's storyline was everything this season and yes oh so good the only and I say I have this the smallest violin when I throw this fit the guy who originally played Buck Graham McTavish in season five. And it it was such a genius move for casting him. So for those of you who don't know, Buck is the child of Dougal McKenzie and Galus Duncan. So it naturally made sense to recast Graham McTavish as Buck and just disguise him with like actual hair. And when they killed off Dougal in season two, there was no need for Dougal's character anymore. I want to say it had to be like a scheduling conflict because he was the perfect buck. And I'm not saying that the current buck isn't good enough, but they they understood the assignment with Graham McTavish and it hurt my heart to to not have him back. And I'm I'm slightly bitter from it. 
Who's your favorite new character? Mine is actually William. He's the perfect blend of Laura John Gray and Jamie. And I loved it when Outlander's social media account reflected Jamie's charge versus oh. William's charge. Okay. And how those two mirrored each other. Oh, perfect casting. I know William's storyline is kind of questionable in the book. Like some people like you either love him or you hate him type character. Right. But I'm excited to see more of him. Okay. So we've got a new villain this season. What are your thoughts? On Rob Cameron. Well, as soon as he invited himself over for dinner <laughs> at Roger and Bree's, uh-huh. I knew something was up. Now, I haven't read the books this okay. far, but I could sense something was wrong. I know I have read like synopsis of the books. Mm-hmm. So I kind of know like the general th- idea of the plot. And I do remember reading that someone figures out about Roger and Bree and try to get information from them and I put the two together and I was like, oh, he's a, he's a little snake in the grass. <laughs> oh, he is. I had my suspicions from the start with that guy. I was super put off by him when he pulled that stunt at Bree's work, locked her in the tunnels. I was like, what in the Royal F are you doing, sir? Like, you just have no Fs to give about your job. Like, let's go lock your boss away and not think about how you're going to have a job tomorrow. The nerve. I get it was like the late 70s, early 80s, but there's no way I'm locking my boss away unless he's a sexual predator and I'm being attacked. <laughs> okay. There's no way I'm pulling that kind of crap. I was just like, you are the scum of the earth. What is your deal? And it was, it, I realized it wasn't just him. I realized it was a group of guys. That is a new level of stupid. And he immediately was on my nerves. And don't get me wrong. He's while he is the scum of the earth, he's nowhere near as bad as Blackjack. Blackjack Randall, for me, takes the cake. There are a lot of different twists and turns with his storyline to come in part two. And I can't wait to get your play by <laughs> I really am looking forward to that the most. There are a lot of plot twists. And I remember reading the books and thinking, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> Similar to how Malva Christie passed away. I remember reading that. And being like, what is the point of her character? She is getting mm-hmm. on my last effing nerve. I need to know her purpose. And then two pages later, she's dead. And I was like, oh, that escalated quickly. Where? <laughs> How? Why? Where? When? Who did it? So what was your favorite plot twist? I have a couple. Mine was when Ian met William. And then when Ian met his kid. And then another one was the Benedict Arnold Benedict Arnold. Totally understand that one. That with Ian's son, they Mm -hmm. totally rushed that storyline. That was not revealed until book nine. Dang. So we're technically in book seven. They're combining both multiple books to season seven. Okay. So season seven is partially book seven and eight at this point. Mm -hmm. So they're just like, oh, let's just skip to nine. We're only going to eight seasons anyway. Yeah, let's get this over with. (laughs) Yeah. And so when they rushed that, I was like, what are they doing? I'm like, oh, that's right. Season eight's the last season. Okay, so we have to like reveal some type of happiness for Ian. We finally got answers on the French gold. Yes. And that has been a consistent storyline since book two slash season two. Yeah. And I remember talking to multiple girlfriends about who do you think has the French gold? Like, what is the deal? Where did it go? I need answers right now. 
only for like Mrs. Bug to be the culprit. Total game changer. I can't look at old sweet ladies the same ever. <laughs> Mrs. Bug got me. And I was just like, I've been duped. Like everybody else in this book, I have been duped. That was a very big reveal. I've got some honorable mentions. Ooh, do tell. All right. I love what they did with Lollybrock. Remodeling of Lollybrock. It was almost exactly what I had in my brain. It was a little more 70s modern than I had initially anticipated, but Mm -hmm. they did a beautiful job. And then I was absolutely heartsick knowing that the big house on Fraser's Ridge was going to go up in flames. And I knew it was coming, but nothing like mentally prepares you for like how sad it is to see such art go up in flames. What were your honorable mentions? I really enjoyed it when Roger taught Gaelic to the class. And just having lived in Scotland for a time, just mm-hmm. being aware of that background. I don't know. I really liked seeing it on screen. It was really touching. Season seven, man. Part two. Right I, around the corner. I need it now. I, I don't know if I can wait th- that long. <laughs> right? We just Okay, so we've got the second fourth wing book. We've got mm-hmm. the third Crescent, Crescent City. City. And then we got to find some other stuff in between. Because I know. Droughtlander. We... And that's the thing. They just said sometime next year. (laughs) That's not encouraging. I'm like, if you say like October, that's going to hit a nerve, guys, real quick. (sighs) Season seven, part two, cannot get here fast enough. And now it is time for the spotlight of the week. Looking to move? 24-7 Moving is a full-service moving company based in LA. At 24-7 Moving, they understand moving can be overwhelming sometimes. And they see this as their responsibility to alleviate the pressure and stress. Their professional team provides fun, friendly, and secure local and long-distance services throughout the U.S. Their highly skilled and well-trained team has combined experience of over 3,000 moves, including commercial and residential. They deliver smooth and stress-free moving and packing services at affordable prices. I've personally used 24-7 moving and have never been so impressed with a team of movers in my life. They weren't just fast and efficient. They were affordable, and the guest service was unmatched to anything I've ever worked with before. For more information, visit them online at 247moving.com. Tax Pros, an award-winning tax firm dedicated to providing their clients with a full range of advanced tax planning and tax resolution services. With three locations in Southern California, Tax Pros is there to meet you where you are, offering phone and video appointments. Learn more or book an appointment today at Tax Pros, taxprose.com. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with or promoted by the following. Stars Entertainment, Dana Gabaldon, Sony Pictures Television, Left Bank Pictures, Story Mining and Supply Company, or Tall Ship Productions. We're just really big fans who cannot wait for the second part. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.